subscribe, hit that like button, rate and read the pod on Apple Podcasts, and let me know what you guys think in the comments. Today, I have one of the owners of Lux Beauty Supply, which is actually the largest beauty supply in the West Coast. Everybody, welcome, Jason. Hello, everyone. What's up, Jason? So let's just jump into it. Yeah. Can you tell us about your career and your background overall and let viewers know who you are? Yeah. Um, so my name is Jason Jung. Um, originally from Michigan, um, spent the last couple of years in Indiana, and then I recently moved out here to Las Vegas. Um, I've been in the beauty supply industry since 2009. Um, we've been, you know, working, expanding. Um, yeah. Can you tell us about your role for Lux Beauty Supply? Yeah. Um, so I am one of the co-owners. Um, I handle a lot of the day-to-day -day operations. Um, you know, we have four locations. So, you know, my, my, my title is um, vice president. Um, but, you know, mainly my job is to make sure all the stores are running smoothly. Um, I go to each of our locations, make check up on the managers, and then just check up on the stores just to make sure they're all running to their best levels. That's awesome. Yeah. What would you say a normal day for you looks like? Like from, from the start of your day till whenever you say the day is over. So uh, my day usually starts around seven with my son Atlas waking me up. Um, we usually eat some breakfast. I get to hang out with them for a couple hours and then I get ready. And then I usually, I leave right around 8.30. Um, right now, I'm mostly at our north location. Um, and then I'll, my morning usually starts off. First, it starts off with uh, chocolate cream cold brew from Starbucks. That's number one, 9 a.m. usually. Um, and then I'll go to our north location. I'll be there for a couple hours and then I'll kind of make a circuit. It just kind of depends on the day of the week as well. I like to do my circuits earlier in the week. So like Monday through Thursday, um, because Friday, Saturdays, our busy days. So I usually am at one location, just kind of operating. Um, but when I do the circuits, you know, I'll go to our North location. I'll go to a Decatur location. Um, I love going to our new superstore location. Um, and then, you know, I just make sure everything's running smoothly, talk to the employees, talk to the managers, just making sure that the stores look like they need to, and they're operating like they need to. That sounds like a lot of work. How long would you say your day is normally? So I'm usually, I usually work nine to eight, probably. I, I, well, I work nine to eight, probably six days a week. And then Sundays, every once in a while, I'll take them off. But uh, I'm usually working 11 to six on Sundays. So it is a seven day a week type of job. So you, you mentioned that you work in like a circuit or you do a, a circuit like around all the stores. Is there a specific reason for that? Or do you like to check up on all the stores and see how they're doing? It's mostly to check up, um, you know, a lot of, I'll, I'll handle a lot of the transfers. Um, you know, a lot of it for me is to just, you know, talk to the employees, talk to the managers, just get a feel of how everything's going just to make sure everything, you know, is running smoothly. Um, I wouldn't, when I say circuit, it's like every day, my day is very, a little different. So no, no two days are really the same. So, you know, we're maybe Monday, I'll have to cover at Lux 2 for a couple hours because one of the employees called off. 
um, I'll be there. And then, you know, around lunch, I'll go get lunch and then I'll go check out one of the other stores just to, you know, see how it's doing. Um, and then again, like some days I am at one store the whole day, you know, so every day is a little bit different. It's just where I'm needed and, you know, who has the problem that needs, who has the problems that need to be solved. Right. So if, for one example, like if you ever are at one store and then something happens at another store, do you have to leave the location that you're at right away to go address whatever situation is going on at the other store or? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I do put out quite a bit of fires. Um, so I'm, I, I work a lot on the, uh, like the program side as well. So we just launched a brand new, um, I think it's, oh, Justin's going to kill me. I think it's a, so it's, it's since seven. So it's our new POS. And then the back end. I think it's a ERP. Um, so I work closely with Justin, who is our inventory manager. Um, and you know, we, uh, work together to make sure everything's running smoothly, but I am definitely the one that's more involved with it. So a lot of times when like, for instance, like the credit card machine goes down at our, um, at our Twain location, I'll have to go over there and make sure what, figure out what's going on try to solve it. Um, and then, yeah, like whoever needs me, that's usually where I go. So you mentioned these systems, um, like since seven, at one point, would you say that systems are with your business? Sorry, what was was that? How important would you say that these systems are in your business? So they're like critical. Um, so we've definitely invested quite a bit to like jump into the 21st century as far as like um, updating our systems, our softwares, our policies, and our just honestly everything. Because um, a lot of it was kind of stuck in the older ways, um, just kind of the old mom and pop ways of running a business. So I would say in the last four years, we've really, really like hyper-focused on making sure that we update to stay with the times really. Um, so, yeah, I would say it's, I would say it's critical to running, especially, I mean, it was, you could probably get away with running one store with the, uh, the older, you know, the older way of doing things with, you know, paper, Excel spreadsheets and things like that. But when you're running six stores, it's, um, it's almost impossible. I can see that. Like personally coming from a whole bunch of different jobs that were like super corporate, like for example, I worked at Sephora, Finish Line, Hot Topic. I feel like their systems were always so streamlined and very, very precise. And they just had like a method to like doing things. And I feel like since you guys are expanding, I feel like that's just super important with making the business like workflow easy yeah. for everybody, especially if you're like trying to expand. Right. So we are very aggressive with our expansion right now. And um, I just don't think it'd be possible realistically. You, you, at, at some point you got, you, you cap yourself by not um, investing into the proper technologies, the proper software and the proper policies. Would you say that that's kind of like a, like a downfall? like to you like your competitors that aren't using systems yeah I, I mean i would definitely say i mean i've seen it i know a lot of other people in the industry i have a lot of other family members in the industry um you just really you you handicap yourself to like only being able to operate one at max maybe two stores without the proper systems in place um you know 
in order to expand, in order to have the aspirations that we have as a company, um, we realized pretty quickly that we definitely have to invest into, you know, the data, the, the purchasing, um, the financial sides of everything and making sure that we are, are like more like finish line, you know, more like Sally's more like the reason these, you know, large corporations and these large businesses are able to expand to 80, hundred locations is because they have the, the systems in place. And without the correct systems in place, you just really limit yourself and what you're able to do. At what point did you realize we need to have a system if we want to get bigger? Like when, what was the turning point for you? You were like, this is, this is enough. We got to do something about this. I think it was, um, after we opened our second location in Vegas, the first location in Vegas is when the kind of green light hit because we were running locations in three different States. Um, but you know, when we were launching our second location in Vegas, that's when we were just kind of like, there's just too many inefficiencies. There's just too many, you know, problems that could easily be solved with technology and with the proper um, systems in place. So you mentioned opening up different stores. Recently, you guys opened your 36,000 square foot superstore in May. Yeah. How is that for you? And what were some of the biggest challenges with opening a store that big? So, I mean, it, it, it's been, it's been fun. It's been um, re very rewarding. I would say um, it's doing, it's doing pretty good. Um, obviously there's room for improvement, but as far as the challenges go, uh, there were many days that I felt like we bit off way more than we could chew. So, you know, going from like normally like six to 10,000 square foot stores, jumping all the way up to like the largest one on the West coast. Like, it, you know, it, I remember the day when we walked in and the entire building was just empty. And I just kept thinking like, how are we going to fill this? Like, how are we going to, you know, make this look like the vision that we had? There's many challenges that we faced along the way, whether it be procurement, ordering the uh, right merchandise, um, securing proper, like good terms with our vendors, um, you know, building out the entire the entire uh, building for, you know, making it look nice, um, figuring out how to, how to, the, the right, you know, fixtures to get. Um, every day was a different challenge and a new challenge. I have a bit of PTSD from it. So I, I think I blocked out a lot of that and I'm just kind of moving forward. So I'm only looking at the positive sides, but I mean, I remember every day was, uh, it was a battle and it was stress levels were high, but again, I wouldn't change it because it's been an insanely rewarding experience and it's doing well. So yeah. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank it's, you. Thank it's you. beautiful. If you guys haven't checked it out yet, it's on, Sahara and Valley View here in Vegas, and it is a beautiful store, massive, with tons of products. Yeah. Speaking of products, yep. how do you determine which products to carry? Since I mean, I've used to work at Sephora. There's a whole bunch of beauty products out there in the market. How do you, how do you decide we're going to carry this at, at our store? We're not going to carry this. Like, what's your process for that? So we have, um, I mean. A lot of our procurement is done by one of our um, purchasing managers. Um, she is really, really good at knowing what. So, I mean, we we try to stay in tune with, you know, what's going on on social media, what's going on with the trends. Um, and we and we trust a lot of it to our team 
which we have an awesome team. And that's the biggest thing is, you know, none of this would be possible without the, the like, amazing team that we've built. And our purchasing manager, she's just really good. Um, she's really good at knowing what sells, what needs to be in the store. Purchasing manager, she's um, really, really good at, you know, knowing what's needed needed and figuring out the trends and hopping on the trends quickly. Um, but with the superstore, we faced a whole different issue of, you know, it's 36,000 square feet, whereas normally our, our other ones are five to 10. So our biggest thing is, our biggest thing was, um, how do we make sure that we cater to every customer, every market, every, every demographic, how we make sure someone comes in here and never leaves empty handed. So that was like a big battle. We did a lot of research, um, a lot of market research. We invested really heavily into the wigs. So we, we, we have the largest wig selection on the West coast as well. We have over 4,200 wigs inside of our store, um, which is Here something, <laughs> yeah, which is something we're really proud of. Um, but you know, we quickly realized, you know, in order for the store to be successful, we have to make sure we, we cater to everyone. Um, which is why we have a very large line of like Hispanic hair products. Uh, we invested really heavily into our, um, our makeup and eyelashes. Um, that section is something that I'm really proud of. So, I mean, I think we have over like 2000 different eyelash selections. These lashes are from Lux Beauty Supply, by the way. Yeah. So um, it was just one of those things where, you know, we wanted to make sure that we had a selection for everyone. Um, like we invested a lot into Hispanic hair products, uh, a lot of clip-ins, a lot of um, things that fit other demographics as well. Um, and then we invested heavily into like our makeup and our eyelash selection, which we have over 2000 eyelashes. It's uh, one of the areas I'm most, most proud of. Um, but you know how we decide to get stuff. I mean, mostly it's just what don't we get right to fill a store like that. It's like, we feel like we have to have everything, but obviously you have to make, you know, a wise decision because you want to get items that are actually going to sell. Um, but it's a it's a fine line between making sure you have everything and then making sure that you're not going overboard with it where you know you're just having all this dead inventory. So a lot of that came from like market research, trusting our uh, purchasing manager and trusting our team to make the the right decisions. Yeah. Do you mind if I ask how you guys do your market research? Um a lot of it is social media. <laughs> Um, yeah, so social media is a big part of our market research. Um, just following the trends, figuring out what the trends are and trying to hop on them quickly. Um, and then our purchasing manager, she, you know, scours the internet, reads all the blogs, the beauty blogs, reads all the magazines. So she's really, really in tune with, you know, what's going to sell, what's going to be hot before it gets hot. I feel like with determining like what products to carry, I feel like market research is the most important, like one of the most important factors in determining what to carry. It, well, it's not even, it's it, market research is absolutely huge, but a big part of it is, um, you know, we're, we're there on the ground like every day. So I'm interacting with customers literally all day long. So a big part of it also is, you know, listening to the feedback of the customers. Like when you hear customers looking for a certain product, making sure by the next time they come in, you have that product, right? Like if I hear a certain pro a certain customer mention a couple products and I hear another customer mention that same product, then I'm instantly, you know, sharing that with our purchasing manager saying, where can we get this? How can we get this? Let's get it so that the next time they come in, they don't leave it empty handed because if we don't have it, 
someone else is going to have it. And then if they don't have it, like you can always get it online. So, you know, we're, we're competing with a lot of other competitors. So it's making sure that you listen to your customer feedback. You listen to what your customer wants and needs. Yeah. So I would say that's almost equal to market research. The market research is, I, mean, I would say listening to customer feedback is all part of market research. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. I feel like that's one of the reasons why so many companies do a lot of surveys and ask for your opinion and like your shopping experience, et cetera, um, just to determine like what works and doesn't work. Um, so you can really, you know, meet supply and demand. But I'm, I'm curious, how do you determine pricing your products against like your competitors? Like what, what's your thought process behind that? So as far as pricing goes, um, again, it comes a lot with the research, just making sure that you're, you know, and this is where data is really important and where our, our, our systems that we talked about earlier are super important, you know, finding that, that perfect price where, you know, you're going to have the biggest margins, but you're also gonna have the highest turnover. Um, I think that's extremely important just to maximize, you know, profits, um, maximize, I mean, we're all in business for the profits, right? So it's, you know, that's the most important thing. Mm -hmm. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, how we price things is, you know, you want to make sure that you're competitive and the online market is what's kind of really skewed it because when it used to be just brick and mortars versus, you know, brick and mortars, retail versus retail, you could kind of see where they were pricing certain things. Right. And it was pretty easy. Um, and we all kind of kept pretty healthy margins, but with online, it's definitely, you know, close those margins a little bit. So it's, you know, we try to make sure that we're especially competitive with our um, competitors here locally. And then we want to make sure that we're, you know, still somewhat competitive with online, which we probably, you know, we won't ever really be able to get to the online pricing points because, you know, brick and mortar retail, we, we have such high overhead. Um, whereas online, there's a lot less. So that's why online is always going to be a little bit more competitive, but, you know, we just try to find the best price point that the customers are willing to pay that they're happy to pay. Um, and then that, you know, will be competitive. Yeah. Do you see Lux Beauty Supply, um, having like their own online store in the future? I would love to. It's definitely, um, something that's being thought about that's being planned. That's being, you know, it's definitely in the pipeline. Um, cause I feel like you kind of have to be in this day and age, but, um, our, our main focus is definitely much more on the retail side. We love, we grew up retail, you know, online's cool. Um, but there's just something about that daily interaction with customers that you just don't get online. Right. Um, I love going to the stores, talking with my employees, um, seeing them sell, you know, helping customers find what they need talking to customers about their day you know we have so many regulars so many you know um incredible customers that regularly shop with us and you know i i I'm, we're much more focused i would say right now on just um maximizing that so maximizing that shopping experience maximizing what we call the lux difference you know walking in and making sure you're greeted making sure you know you get the best customer service possible um I would say that's definitely where our focus is now, but not to say, you know, 
online is something that is never going to happen, but it's something that, you know, we always think about, right? So it's something that could happen one day, but I would say that's not where our focus is right now because we are planning to expand, you know, our retail locations. Yeah, I will say that one of the advantages of having an in-person store is that human connection because yeah, absolutely. Usually you'll you'll buy something in person if somebody will like educate you on it, give you information, let you try it on. I feel like that's like a huge factor like absolutely. Like you mentioned earlier like try before you buy. Yeah. Um that is just impossible with online. Um especially for something um as personal as a, a wig and you know like for um other reasons like it's just so different when you see it on yourself but yeah i do think a, an online store in the future I, I feel like eventually i mean correct me if i'm wrong but i feel like eventually all stores will be online like not, I hope not, that... not solely online <laughs> but most stores will have like an online store. yeah most stores will have an online store and obviously um you know we're hoping that that day's later than sooner um, because I, it would, I, I would miss the daily interactions too much, you know, like that's kind of what makes working seven days a week easier is like getting to talk to people, getting to know people, getting to know my customers, hanging out with my employees, you know, it's just one of those things where if I was, if we're strictly online, I wouldn't get that. Um, I, and I, I truly believe that there's certain industries that aren't going to be able to be completely online, which I think beauty is one of them for the reasons that you said. Um, I think it's um, just the tangibleness of like going into a store, seeing what you like, trying it on, you know, leaving with it, right? Instead of having to wait for it. Um, I think that's a big part of the the, the retail experience. And um, I think our, our secret sauce is Sorry, I didn't mean to use that term, but yeah. I love the secret sauce. Please tell us. <laughs> yeah. And everyone listening to the boss sauce what the secret sauce is. Uh, I think I think um one of our secret sauces that we really try to um maximize is the the luxe experience, like the shopping experience, right? And it was something that was really, really, really heavy in our uh, minds when we were building the superstore is how can we give people that experience of like, oh my gosh, like I this was so much fun right? Because beauty's fun. Um, and I think that it should be fun. Um, and I think it's one of those things where we're maximizing it by, you know, having the correct employees that are knowledgeable, have great service, um, having all the things that you need, having all the different types of products, having all the wigs that you can try on, look at, feel, you know, see yourself in. Um, it's really that retail experience, that luxe experience that we're really trying to build. And I think it's only going to get better as we expand because um, we, we keep learning, right? We, we're we learning and we're expanding and we're um, trying out new things, implementing new ideas. And so I think, you know, that is what's going to keep us in retail going forward for hopefully a long time. 100%. Yeah. I totally agree with that because as like a girl myself, there's nothing more fun than going into a, like a cosmetic store and a beauty supply, any type of retail place that sells anything beauty related like walking into one of those with your best friend and trying xyz on i would say is like one of my favorite pastimes so yeah. i definitely agree with what you said that like it just being fun yeah completely absolutely fun. and you mentioned social media earlier and of course like 
I like to be transparent. I'm your social media manager and the best. <laughs> yeah. But at what, what point did you realize we need a social media manager? We need to get in social media. We need to create a presence. Um, so I would say it happened like probably three or four years ago, kind of as we were expanding here in Vegas. Um, it's been something that always was on our mind, but again, since my brother and I wear so many different hats and we do most of the operations parts. It became, it was one of those things where like, when you realize you're not good at something, you just have to find someone else who is. And that's a huge part of it. Right. So like, you know, we, I'm just not a social media guy. Like I, I like browsing Instagram, but I, you know, I couldn't do it regularly and you have to be, um, you have to be consistent. That's the big key is like, you know, you have to be consistent with it. So, you know, we, you know, old back in the day when we we're in our Indiana location, like, you know, we tried doing the whole Facebook thing, Instagram thing, but it just, you, we weren't connecting with customers because we weren't active enough because we didn't have the time to be at the time. Um, but when we got to Las Vegas, that's when we started noticing a lot of these other beauty supplies in different cities that are doing very well. Um, we would look at their socials and we'd be like, wow, like their Instagram, they have 400, 500 posts thousands and thousands of followers. Um, and we could just really see the value in building that brand. So that's when we, when we decided that we were going to do Lux in Vegas and we had the idea of expanding, um, we really wanted to build the Lux brand. Um, I think social media is how you build the brand, the image of who we are, what we do. Um, that's where you came in. <laughs> and so I think you've been instrumental in helping us build that image and that brand and that recognition um, because, you know, now most people in Vegas know who Lux is, right? So it's like, they know us, they know what they can expect. Um, and they know that, you know, we're hip with the times, I guess, you know, we're, we're more forward thinking. We're more. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for those kind words. I yeah. really appreciate that. Um, I, 100% agree. Like you said, more with the times. I think it shows that you're very modern and you're up to date with today's way of advertising and marketing, which is social media. Right. Um, 100%. It's no longer um, television. I mean, I don't really know that many people who watch regular TV. Uh, yeah, not many. Yeah, yeah, or listen to just the radio. I feel like right. everyone's like streaming stuff yeah, nowadays. And, yeah, Apple Music, Spotify. Um, I mean, I, yeah, I, I, we've, we've thought about other, other advertising, um, streams and every time it just kind of comes back to like, I just don't think you can get the same return on your investment that you can on social media, especially in this day and age. And there's just so many, you know, there's TikTok, there's Instagram, there's Facebook, you know, it's just one of those things where that's where people are. We're on our phones, we're on social media. Um, and that's just kind of where you have to be. And if you're not, I don't really know what you're doing. Um, it's one of those things, like you said, being modern, like if I see a store and they just don't have any type of social media, it's like, I, I think I saw on your, one of your videos, do you even exist? And it's right. Of, yeah. Like if you're not on social media, are you even real? Uh, I would argue no. <laughs> so it's, it's definitely one of those things where I feel like you have to, um, in order to build the, build the brand, um, and then it's also about connecting, right? It's about connecting with our customer base, making sure that they're heard, making sure that, you know, we respond to them, that they feel like they're, you know, communicating with us on a regular basis. 
Yeah. Yeah. 100%. I mean, we're putting like the social in social media. Yeah. So I think that's super important. But I'd like to backtrack a little bit, Jason. Yeah. Can you tell us about Lux's origin story, how it all got started? Yeah. Um, so I've been, I, so my parents immigrated here from Korea. And uh, I think I was nine when they opened their first beauty supply in Muskegon, Michigan. And I was based, I've been working inside of beauty supply since I was probably 10. Um, always helping my mom out the weekends, you know, running the register, you know. So I, I grew up inside beauty supplies. Um, it wasn't something that I necessarily saw myself doing, but um, I went to the University of Michigan, um, just kind of decided it wasn't really for me. I wasn't best at school, to be completely honest. Um, so I just ended up leaving. Um, and then, you know, my parents at the time, they, sold their businesses and they were just kind of like, you know what? Why don't you guys try? We think you guys could do a good job. So my brother and I, we risk like, you know what? We could probably do this. <laughs> and so uh, we opened our first store in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Um, and then after a couple of years, my brother moved to Fresno and he opened a store there. And that's right around the time I met my wife, Melody. Um, and then, so she kind of helped me run that one. And then, so we ran the Indiana store for about seven to eight years um, while James was in Fresno. And then back in 2018, we kind of had this idea to like kind of get back together to um, try to take over the West Coast, try to take over Vegas. Um, so we opened our first one in Vegas in 2018. Um, and then Melody and I moved here about a year ago. So James kind of took over at first and then when it was expanding and we we're about to open the superstore, he was like, yo, I can't do this by myself. So that's when we kind of packed our bags and then came out here. So it's just been like our team, our core team of like James, his wife, Fabi, um, me and my wife, Melody, just kind of running things. I love that. That's super inspiring. <laughs> yeah. At what point did you guys realize it's time to expand? let's open more locations. Let's open the, like the Lux on Craig, the Lux on Twain, Lux on Sahara. Like at what point did like a light bulb go off in your head? So a lot of it was, um, we just saw the need in the market. So I think the market just kind of, you know, speaks for itself. So we, we, we realistically like, you know, when we opened our first one, it wasn't with like, the automatic goal that we're going to automatically open the second one. Cause I mean, business is retail business, especially is a high risk, you know, it's, it's very high risk. So when we open it, you know, it's at that point, you're just kind of like hoping that it does well. Right. You're not sure of anything, but with the things that we have learned in the, like by operating for eight years, um, by implementing those things, um, we quickly realized that, you know, Oh, like this is this is gonna do pretty well here. So then after we realized that, that's when we automatically kind of shifted our focus to okay, like how do we because with business, I think the thing is is like it's very, very easy to be content, right? Um you could easily just be content running the one store, um, and then just 
not doing much else, not giving yourself so many more headaches. Um, but we have always had kind of bigger plans. So um, when we realized that there was room and that the market wanted more, um, we quickly went to, okay, well, where's the good spot? So that's when we opened our Craig location um, and that one started doing well. And then same thing happened, basically. We're like, does the market, does it look like the market wants more? And we quickly realized, yes, we think there's room for more. So then that's when we opened Maryland Parkway. And then, I mean, most people would probably stop there, but that's when we kind of decided to go all in. Um, we're just like, you know what? Screw it. Let's just push all the chips in the middle of the table and open the biggest one on the West Coast. So that's what we did. And yeah. Are you having trouble with social media, need a content creator, a video editor, or need social media management? Well, those are some of the services that I offer. Go to ReneeSuari.com for more. Now back to the show. That's awesome. You talk about this so fearlessly. Was <laughs> was there any point in time where you were scared at all? Because I feel like there's risk involved with opening a new location. Absolutely. So um, I think it's important to have balance. I'm just going to keep it 100. Like I'm a bit of the pessimist of the group of the four of us. Um, I'm always the one that's like, ah, should we like, and, and then, so I, I kind of balance out um, my brother who's more of an optimist and very, very optimistic and everything. So, you know, there was, I mean, and that's the thing is like, there were so many deliberations, so many debates and we had other, like, you know, we got to these locations through debates and through, um, deliberations, like figuring out, like, is this the one, is this, because, you know, we saw hundreds and thousands of different buildings, different streets, different areas to open. And then when we finally, like, you know, make that call, it's like, uh, you know, it's, it's usually when all, all of us agree, right? It's like, I was, the areas that he was optimistic on that I was pessimistic on, you know, we probably passed over a lot of those. And then we finally got to like the ones that were, he was optimistic. I was still pessimistic, but you know, we kind of balance each other out. And then finally it was just one, we, we found that balance point. And then my wife, Melody, she's definitely kind of, um, she's like the, the, she tips the scale. Right. So she helps kind of um, make that final call. So, I mean, that helps too. Um, because yeah. That sounds stressful, but I could see why you guys would need to like deliberate and almost like take a vote on it. It was, it's never like a vote vote. It's more just like intense debates and deliberations. Um, we've never like sat there and been like, yay, nay. <laughs> Formal board. <laughs> no, 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 no. Never done that. It's just more, you know, deliberations and, you know, and, and, and the, we've, 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 uh, we found our, the process that worked for us. And I think that's really important is obviously we're family. So there's like a whole different dynamic to it. Right. Um, so we found the correct like process and the correct way for us, which not may not work for everyone. Right. It's not the right way. There's not, I don't think there's a right or a wrong way. Um, but we found the way that we like to do it. And can't really share that with you because it's a lot of yelling. It's a lot of debating, but you know. Well, I was about to ask, like, what are some of the advantages and disadvantages of working with family and a significant other, if that's okay with you answering? Yeah, no. Um, 
advantage the advantages are huge right so it's you know regardless of what happens like you know when when it's family you know you're in it together um especially being you know koreans like immigrants like we uh you know we saw our parents struggle to get here do you know make a life for themselves and you know we have a very very close-knit family so um it's one of those things where i couldn't imagine working with anyone other than my brother um but you know there's definitely strong debates there's definitely some healthy arguments um but at the end of the day you know he's my brother so you know we're we're gonna make the decision together and then you know having melody be a part of it has been huge for us because she um she's an attorney so she's very very calculated with you know everything's facts with her so she's kind of like the facts she's kind of like the one that weighs it in the middle like kind of brings us back to reality and a lot of our grounds you guys grounds us exactly um so you know having her has just been tremendous is because you know it's hard to win an argument against a, a lawyer especially being married to a lawyer um but a lot of what she says is right so we just kind of she kind of helps balance us out yeah i love that i feel like it's just gonna she provides like a fresh perspective yeah absolutely that's fair yeah absolutely what what are some of the misconceptions about entrepreneurship that aren't true that it's easy i would say that's that's the number one misconception um and I'll, I'll preface that by saying there's a difference between entrepreneurship like different types of businesses um there are businesses where yes like if your goal is to work less and you know make a lot of money um there's different businesses and entrepreneurship that that can that can work it's not going to work in retail so when you're talking retail entrepreneurship, um, building businesses in that sense, um, you can't, it, it's not easy, right? So you, you, as much as I would love to work two days a week or three days a week, it's just not realistic. Um, there's always something that needs to be done. There's always, you know, someone that needs help, someone, some places I need to cover. Um, and it's one of those things where, you know, it's really a 365 day job um being an entrepreneur being a retail business owner you don't get any days off like you go on vacation your phone always has to be on um you go anywhere like it, it, in in the back of my mind the the business is always there no matter what i'm doing so even if i'm away on vacation like it's always there because i'm um you know trying to make sure everything's going smoothly like uh, just that trying to make sure it doesn't catch on that, fire that's, exactly and obviously you know it's one of those things where you know i've learned to kind of control that and you know accept that just like i can't be in control of all things but it's one of those things where you know the reason i say it's 365 is there's not a single day where you can just completely not think about something a, a certain aspect of the store like my brain's always revolving around certain things with the business would you agree with the the saying the hardest that you'll ever work is the day that you have to start working for yourself? 
Yes, absolutely. Yeah, that's uh, that's probably not ne- never been a truer saying than that. Um, it's but it's insanely rewarding too. You know, um, building something, seeing something, building something, and then seeing it work and then grow. Uh, it's insanely rewarding. I wouldn't trade for anything in the world, but you know, I would say to any entrepreneur out there or someone that wants to be an entrepreneur, especially in the retail, like if you want to open a beauty, uh, gas station, a sneaker store, any type of retail business where, you know, you're dealing with people on a daily basis, um, for you to think that you're just going to be able to like leave it and that it operates at its maximum capacity is not going to happen. Um, and that's where it really comes in is like, you know, obviously I could just not, we, we could just be completely hands off, but I don't think we would be able to grow as rapidly as we are. Um, there's something about being there on a daily basis, talking to customers, interacting with the team, um, that just can't be replicated. I don't think. Yeah. Have you ever seen undercover boss? I've seen like two episodes, actually. Okay, I asked this because I feel like the the bosses or CEOs that are on that show that do go in and realize that their employees are unhappy, that it's not a great work environment, are usually the ones that have that disconnect that are so far up that no longer come in mm-hmm. every day and interact with the clients. So I feel like what you're saying is 100% true because once you start going in as often or having the interactions it kind of becomes the it becomes less and less of what you wanted it or what you have made it out to be exactly and i think obviously one day the goal is to not be there as much i I don't want to do this for the rest of like i don't want to be there seven days a week for the rest of my life but you know there's a time for that and then there's a time to grind and i think right now we are in ultimate grind mode um, and the reason being is we're not done, right? So we still have plans to expand further. Um, and that's, I think that's the biggest thing. Like, obviously, if you want to be content, which is, there's nothing wrong with that, right? Like, if you want to start a business, you want to be content with where it is, you could probably start taking more days off. You could probably not be there as much. But for us right now, you know, we're trying to maximize everything, right? We're trying to maximize profits we're trying to maximize um our systems we're trying to maximize um our team so it's one of those things where realistically that you can't do that and you can't grow as rapidly or fast as you want to without grinding um which is why for the foreseeable future i just see us grinding until we get to the point that we want to get to which wherever that may be (laughs) I I love that. I feel like the reason that you're even grinding this hard in the first place is so that you can get profit, like so much profit that you can start hiring people to help run the store for you. So that way you can kind of enjoy the rewards of working so hard and finally take a day off, like finally work uh, five days a week instead of the seven and, and live a little bit because I feel like like, yes, entrepreneurship is about working, but I don't think that that's what life is all about. I think no. you have to live. No, you do have to live. And enjoy. I mean, I I do enjoy, I, I live and I enjoy quite frequently as well. I mean, we do take vacations and things like that, obviously. Um, but for me, it's one of those things where it's like, 
and I think a lot of it comes from my mom. Um, like being born to immigrants, um, parents came over here with literally nothing. So a lot of it is, you know, I saw my mom grind every day. You know, my parents grinded every day. Um, she didn't take a single day off for 30 years, you know? Wow. So it's, it's one of those things where, you know, I think it's definitely kind of that immigrant mindset as well. It's like, will there be a day that like I rest a lot more than I work? Yes. Um, but until I get to the, until we get to the point where we think that we're, you know, satisfied with, I just don't see that happening. And it's just because like, if I'm not working, you know, it feels like I should be. And that's just kind of the mindset that my parents kind of instilled into me. You know, there's always something that could be done. There's always someone, there's always some, somewhere I could be to help maximize the business. Yeah. It's, it's funny you say that because I've obviously been, um, I've been running my, you know, social media management business for about a year now. I I'm starting to feel the same way on my days where I, I finish something early and I have free time. I'm like, I feel like I need to be productive. Like it almost feels like, uh, like I feel guilty almost for taking right. the day off. But it's because you're not content with where you are yet. You're, you're, you're in grind mode. You're in build mode. There's like, I think there's two different modes, right. To business and entrepreneurship. There's grind mode like where you're expanding and you're building and you're trying to get more clients or you're trying to open more businesses. Um, when you're in that mode, every it's, it's crazy to say, it, but every, you know, hour that you're not spending doing something for the business, you could be, and it could help you expand faster and, you know, maximize your profits, maximize your sales, maximize everything about the business. Um, and, it's just one of those things where it, it it just depends on where you are, your mindset, your your goals, your aspirations, right? It's just you know, if you're in grind mode, grind. If you're you're good and you're done, then start you know relaxing. Like that's the whole reason. The whole reason we're grinding is so that when I am 40, 45, and like ten years, twelve years, oh jeez, I'm so old. Um, oh, whatever. Like <laughs> so, it's like you know, I I I want to stop working by the time I'm like. 50 ideally you know what i mean um and then but until i'm 50 like i'm gonna grind you know until i can get the most out of this as i can aside from your um like your parents being immigrants would you say that a lot of your mindset of thinking this way has to do with the fact that we're both millennials because they do call them millennials the burnout generation and basically that millennials want to retire early and uh, basically have like financial freedom would you say right. that has that has to do anything with your mindset or would you say it's strictly like your upbringing and like watching your mom work, work super hard not take days off um i think it's both so uh, there's definitely the upbringing part but yeah i mean my main goal obviously is I want to be very successful and I want to be in a very good spot by the time I'm 45, 50, where I don't have to work, right? Where I can look back and see what I what we've built and, you know, um, enjoy the fruits of our labor, right? Um, but it's, the time's just not now. I, and that's the, that's the hard thing that I think a lot of people, 
won't understand is like, could I be content now? I would definitely be content right now. You know, I could, could, I definitely could start relaxing and just not do much. And, you know, we'd be, be, be pretty happy. Um, but that's just not who I am or who, especially my brother, you know, and it's just not who we are. I don't want to keep saying me. Um, it's just, uh, and even us as a team, like everyone on our team is a part of our team because they see us as like, you know, they're on our team because they want to go up with us from the beginning. Right. I don't think they'd be super excited to be with us if they knew we were just going to stop. Right. Because they believe in you, they believe in us. And, you know, they believe that as we grow, they'll grow, um, which is huge. Right. So that, I think that's a huge thing for us is, you know, the reason we grind is not just for us, but to build up everyone, you know, like, especially the date ones, the people that have helped us begin from the beginning. Um, those people, you know, I would love nothing more than to see them completely content and set in the next 10 to 15 years. You know what I mean? So it's just one of those things where, you know, right, right now we grind, but hopefully in the future, yeah, we'll be on a beach sipping margarita somewhere. That's a dream. Yeah. So you talk about like grinding and basically like hustling, like super hard. How important would you say mindset is in entrepreneurship? Because I feel like there are some people that are aspiring to be entrepreneurs, but they want to, they still want to have, you know, like their weekends, like partying and still want to do the thing that they've been doing, but yeah. still want to have like an amazing six figure business or right. start their own company. I mean, I hate to be a party pooper, but I just don't think you can have both, especially in the beginning. Right. Um, it's just one of those things where it, and again, I'm speaking mostly retail because there are businesses where, you know, like you have a great idea or you create something like there are businesses. Like an invention. Right, exactly. Um, so this is not for all entrepreneurs, obviously. This is if you want to get into the retail game, right? You want to get into this type of business where you know you're at a mall, you have a clothing store, or whatever, that type of thing. Um, especially if, you know, you're not like franchising or doing something like that and you're, it's your baby, like you're building the brand, you're building everything. Um, it's just not realistic, right. To be able to do have, you know, have your cake and eat it too. Um, I mean, number one, the first thing you'll realize is your your weekends are gone, right? If I take a day off, it's going to be a Monday or Tuesday forever, (laughs) you know, because weekends is where all your sales are right that's the bulk of retail sales is on the weekends so if you're not there on the weekends i don't know what you're doing i don't know what you, you're just not in the wrong you're just not in the right fit in that right business like if you want weekends off go get a nine to five you know work monday through friday then t- take your weekends off which is nothing wrong with that but if you want to get into this retail game that's just not even in the remote realm of possibilities in my opinion um, I just think it's one of those things where, you know, you have to grind and you have to be willing to give that up. Um, my partying days are long behind me. So I love taking 
a couple Mondays off every once in a while because I want to go golfing. You know, Mondays are when the golf course is almost empty. So, you know, works out well for me. Um, but yeah, I would say to anyone that's aspiring to build a retail business, um, yeah, just weekends are gone. <laughs> what do you say to those trying to create their own business but are are struggling with the mindset? Um, take a deep, hard look and just figure out if that's actually something that you want to build, right? There's a lot of other things that you can do. Um, I don't think retail is for the weak. I, I don't think it's for everybody. I don't know. It's, it's not for everyone. And entrepreneur. Yeah. So I, I just don't think, uh, again, I don't want to lump entrepreneurship as a whole. Cause I do think there are certain types of entrepreneurship, but you know, um, um, wait, can you expand on that? What do you mean? Like different types? I'm curious. Um, well, so you could be an entrepreneur and you could be starting like an online, um, an online business, or you could create a, you know, a, a product or like people on Shark Tank, right? Like they're not, they don't have to grant seven days a week, realistically, you know what I mean? Um, cause they build products, certain ones do that have built like there, there's multiple different types of businesses in my opinion. Um, and again, like for instance, you, like, I don't think you would have to grind seven days a week cause you're not, you, you with retail, you're open seven days a week. Right. So you like, there's always something going on. Um, whereas like, you know being a social media manager like you can set your own hours you don't have a dedicated oh like a time frame exactly you don't have it like you can set your you can work at 2 a.m if you want to you can work at you know it's one of those things where there's a lot more it's like freedom flexible. it's flexible there's a lot more flexibility in different types of entrepreneurship and so i don't like lumping because i don't want to dissuade anyone from being an entrepreneur right it's um working for yourself is incredibly rewarding and i think everyone should aspire to do it but this retail game is a, it's a different beast in, in my opinion. So it, that's why I just think of it as like a slightly different um, type of entrepreneurship. Cause you know, yeah, I would just say retail is just a different beast. Yeah. I, I would say that everyone should at least try it though, because I think there's so many benefits to entrepreneurship. I feel like it's going to teach you discipline. It, you're going to learn so many things like, about taxes and how how like management time management I exactly feel like you're time management is huge yeah exactly yeah i feel like you're just going to learn so many different sets of skills that even if your your business or your side hustle whatever isn't successful i feel like you're going to carry those skills with you throughout your life yeah absolutely i mean i again i think everyone should at least aspire to be an entrepreneur again entrepreneurship isn't for everyone but like if you have a great idea if you have a great plan you have a great vision go ahead and try to execute it um i think that you know there's nothing more rewarding in life than being an entrepreneur than create and it's the money's awesome right but that's not I, I would say even more cool is just like you know when you i'm not an artist but like you know if you drew something really really cool building that and show like having it right um 
building a business, like a tangible business, like that you can see it, it it's just such a rewarding feeling that um, I don't think you can get in any other type of, you know, in any other type of job or venture. Yeah. I think you're basically seeing all your hard work come to fruition. Exactly. And it's just this beautiful thing. And you're, you're, you're basically like, I did that. Like that was all me. Yeah, like, exactly. Like knowing right. that you could do right, it. Right, 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 right. Um, and then, then that that's when seeing the, uh, seeing other people succeed too. That's awesome. You know, and nothing else can really do that for you other than entrepreneurship. Like you can't, you know, build a team and help them succeed and see them do good, do, do better. Um, you can't do that unless you're an entrepreneur, you know? So that's another very rewarding part of it. So I would definitely encourage anyone that wants to do it to do it, at least try it, right? See if it's for you. It's not for everyone. Um, I don't want to, you know, make it seem like it's all rosy. Um, it's definitely not for everyone and that's okay. You know, I think there's some dark sides to entrepreneurship, but there's the it's not, so it's not many, rainbows. yeah, there's so many dark sides. Uh, yeah, there's definitely a lot of dark sides to it. Um, but again, if, if you're the type of person that's driven, um, that's goal oriented, um, and that wants to build something, right. Uh, I definitely think entrepreneurship is something that you should at least, you know, try, um, I don't, what, there's like some crazy stat on there that like nine out of 10 businesses fail in the U S or something crazy like that. So it's okay to try and fail. Right. But at least you tried and then maybe you'll try something else and it'll work out better for you, you know? Um, so it's, it's definitely one of those things where if you have, if you, if you have the right mindset, you should attempt it. In my opinion. Yeah. I love that. I love that because I feel like, like personally for me, I'd rather face failure than never finding out if one of my ideas has like potential or had the chance to be potential. Right. Because it's never giving of, it the chance. The what ifs. The what ifs. The yeah. what ifs. They 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 could that like they would literally haunt you. Like, you know, there's so many what ifs that could have happened with me. Um imagine we just never even came to Las Vegas. Um, that would have been a huge what if. Um and we wouldn't be as happy as we are now. We wouldn't be as um, successful as we are now if we didn't take that leap. Yeah, I feel like taking the chance is it, it's a it's like a risk, but you never know like what's gonna happen. Like it's like that that old saying, like um, that mama bird saying the little bird, or the little bird saying, "What if I don't fly?" And she's mm -hmm. like, "Well, what if you do fly?" Or right, something like that. Right, like, right, 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 right. whatever, right. and it's like. It's like exactly pushing the bird out of the nest. Yeah. You got, you, you just got to do it. You got to do it. You got to jump know. in. And, and, and again, it's one of those things where I would definitely say, um, risk is adherent, like obviously a huge factor in being an entrepreneur, being in business, right? Everything we do is risk, right? So it's making calculated risk. That's key, right? So, you know, making sure that you're doing all the necessary steps to be successful because it's, you know, to do it half-assed, you know, without properly thinking it out is not what I would suggest people to do. You know what I mean? Cause it's one of those things where it, being an entrepreneur is high risk, but it's high reward. And I think that you have to calc, you have to minimize that risk by planning correctly, by being calculated 
Um, but at the end of the day, like if you have all your um, eggs in a row and you have done all the research and you've done everything that you, you should do and you, you plan the way you should, um, I would definitely encourage you to take that jump, right? Only at that point would I encourage you to jump though, because again, it is a high risk, high, um, high risk uh, venture. Right. Like don't quit your nine to five, like the second day you, you start working on your business. Right. Right. No. Yeah. Please don't do that. Yeah. Be smart about it. Yeah, exactly. Um, I love hearing you talk about this and going for your dreams and like whatever idea you have, because I feel like as kids, like you're constantly told that like you can be whatever you want. Right. And I feel like as adults, it becomes more not real, but it be- it becomes less of that. Like, oh, like be realistic. Oh, like be rational. Like, oh, you have a family now. Like you can't do these things. And I feel like it's this weird thing that society tells us. And I don't think that entrepreneurship is encouraged like in school. Like no. I feel like it's it, it, it's more like, no, you go to college and you get a great paying job. You get a job um, with the degree that you got from college and you're successful that way i feel like it's definitely not um about entrepreneurship uh whatsoever so what like what do you or what advice do you have for kids or people that have gone to school and made their like for example like i feel like like we're asian i feel like asian parents are all about like the college degree and it's so important. Like, what do you, what do you say to those kids that are wanting to start their own businesses, but they feel like they have to go to college to make their family proud, or they have to do what their parents want them to do? I mean, being Korean, it's pretty tough. To, that's a pretty, uh, it's a pretty hard question to answer. Um, I obviously took a very non-traditional route. So yes, uh, I grew up the parents that wanted to be to wanted me to be a lawyer, a doctor, any of those types of things. Um, I mean, I I did pretty well in high school. I kind of you know, I got into a good college, all that. Um, but quickly I realized that you know I was studying political science, <laughs> and realized quickly it wasn't for me. It just wasn't you know where my brain was wired. I truly believe that I was like born and raised to be an entrepreneur like I grew up around a family of entrepreneurs like my aunts uncles they all own businesses my parents owned businesses growing up so it was one of those things for me where you know I really felt like um, my brain was more wired that way to be an entrepreneur rather than you know be a lawyer and go to school like not saying that's bad like my wife's attorneys she did she she went that route right so um it's definitely one of those things where for some people, their brains are wired that way. Like my wife, her brain is definitely wired to be an attorney. Uh, I think she, that's what she was born to do. Um, but me, I'm probably the opposite. Like my, I couldn't do that if like, and I'd be miserable trying to do it. Right. Um, I just genuinely think the way I was born and raised, like if I wasn't an entrepreneur, I just don't think I'd be fulfilled at all i think i'd be failing at all these other types of jobs um so i'm really lucky that you know i was able to figure out what i wanted to do and you know then we obviously started 
taking the steps that we needed to and took that jump and haven't looked back since. Yeah. What would you say is the biggest challenge of being an entrepreneur working for yourself? Um, biggest challenge, I would say it's staying motivated is a big part to be completely honest with you. There are days where just like, I mean, even before the superstore, so much of me was just like, do we really want to do this? Like, do we really want to take this risk? Do we really want to work at this much work? Um, but it's, it's that self, that self talk, that self belief and the self motivation that it, it, it is challenging at times. Um, so I wouldn't say that's the hardest part about being an entrepreneur, but it's one of the tough parts. Um, How do you get yourself through those days? Um, well, it's nice to have a business partner that's the opposite. So who's always like pedal to the metal and let's go. Um, but obviously he has his days too. So it's, it's just good to balance each other out. Um, and then having that why, you know, I think that's a huge part of it. Um, a big part of my why is like, you know, my parents came here with nothing, you know, I didn't go the, the traditional college route. So I feel like I have something to prove and I feel like I need to prove it. Right. Um, so that's definitely a big why for me. Another big why you have kids, right? <laughs> like, so I had my son, James has three kids. So it's one of those things where, you know, that's a pretty big why as well. Um, so, uh, yeah, I would say those are the having that why is a huge part. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's that's just really going to get you through it. Yeah, for absolutely. sure. So obviously you're super busy. <laughs> How do you balance work and life, family, you time? Um, I would say that's probably one of the more challenging parts for me right now. So, um. I was finding a little bit more balance and then we took on the superstore endeavor. So again, it comes in ebbs and flows. So right now we literally just launched a brand new baby, right? It's like a newborn. It was literally just born two months ago, like the superstore. And it's a colossal baby that is like just a very big project for us. So obviously right now, just like a newborn parent, you know, it's 24 seven, right? It's just, pedal to the floor um so my personal time my me time my family time that type of stuff a lot of it does get sacrificed at this point but that's also it's one of those things where hopefully next year the year after um it starts to relax and then it's gonna and then i'll be able to spend more family time be able to um have more me time um and then probably we'll have another baby launch another store and then it's just like you know it's just like launching a huge raising a huge family right like you don't get you time when you have a newborn <laughs> you know you, you right like, you really don't it's just i mean i would know um well you mentioned that you golf so i feel like that's you time yeah i i try well uh so i used to golf quite a bit um okay. <laughs> yeah I, i'm a very avid golfer um I used to golf quite a bit, like three, four, five times, four times a week, um, either in the morning or afternoon after I get off. Um, but 
realistically, I'm going to be completely honest with you, since we started construction at the Superstore, I've maybe golfed three times in this whole year. So it's July. So I've golfed like three times. And all of those golf trips have been like business oriented. So with like, you know, clients or vendors and things like that. So, um, yeah, it's, I mean, that's, but it doesn't even count then. So it doesn't count. But again, for me, it's understanding that like we are parents to a newborn baby right now and it needs all of our attention. It needs all of our care in order to be a healthy living thing, (laughs) living baby, right. And it grow. Um, so there's times and, and then and again, like, you know, just like I was saying, I was able to golf multiple days a week previously before we decided to launch this project. So I'm sure that's going to be coming soon. Once like things start to, once the baby gets off the bottle, you know, once it starts growing, I, I just keep using this metaphor. Cause I think it, it really helps kind of illustrate the time commitment of launching that new business right in the beginning. Right. Like, Obviously, after it matures, like, and kind of is able to walk on its own, you can take more time off. You can do more things by yourself. Um, but just like in those infant stages, when you first launch, like it's it is just the twenty four seven type of job. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. But you know, I think that's a good analogy. Yeah, yeah, because it really does show, like you said, how much time you have to dedicate to, like you said, like this business baby of right, yours. Right. So what advice do you have for people that are wanting to start their own real t- retail store, their own beauty supply that haven't quite gotten there yet, but are thinking about it? Um, I would say just, or what would you, gi- what would you, what advice would you give to younger Jason? Ah, Jason. Um, sorry, it's a tough question. Um, didn't mean to put you on the spot. No, it's cool. It's cool. Um, what would I? I would probably tell him. Um, enjoy this now while you can. <laughs> right. No, a big part of that because I did enjoy my 20s quite 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 thoroughly (laughs) um and that's a big part of it too is you know i had my fun right so i think every like and i think that's a big part of it is you know knowing what stage you are in your life right um i'm 32 so i definitely think this is like the window where if i grind as hard as i possibly can right now um it will set me up for the long run um but did i have my fun in my early 20s like 20 to 20 i had so much fun i'd probably a little bit too much fun if you ask most people um so you know but it it's understanding that that was that time and not holding on to it right because i do i do see people that are that are around my age that haven't really evolved into that next step right they're holding on to their, their partying and their want to go out every weekend. And, you know, that type of, that type of, um, that lifestyle, that lifestyle and that mentality. Um, but going back to like, what would I would tell my, 
younger me, like I would, I would just say, um, try to be a little bit more optimistic because things are going to work out really well. And, um, just get ready to grind, you know? Um, cause at the end of the day, like I just keep using that word because that's, it's kind of like my, it's kind of like my mantra mantra is, you know, rise and grind. Um, and one day I'll be worth it. So, yeah. Do you ever get imposter syndrome? All the time. Um, yeah. How do you uh, deal with that? I feel like it's a struggle for, I mean, I feel like everyone goes through it for the most part, at least once. Yeah. Um, it's just uh, having that self-belief, I think, that, you know, we did this, right? Um, and a lot of it is due to the fact that, you know, my parents helped me do this quite a bit, especially when we had dropped out and needed to be able to start the first business because obviously, you know, those funds came from them. So that's a lot of part of that as well is, um, you know, did I build it from the ground, ground up? No, they definitely laid the foundation and the groundwork, right? Um, but it's also just realizing, you know, we're taking what they did and then we're just flying with it, right? We're maximizing it. Yeah. I love that. What would be the one thing that you want people to take away from this conversation? Um, know what you want. Um, know how you're going to get there. And then once you figure that out, take the leap right um at the end of the day that's that's really what it is like the but how you're going to get there part is really important because that's the part that most people skip over <laughs> they the plan the plan exactly um and then at the end of the day you know like i said grind right like really really you know take that extra step like don't take that extra day off you know like make sure you're there for the busy days, busy hours. Um, make sure you're there, you know, hanging out with employees, talking with employees, um, getting to know them, you know. And that's the thing for me is like, I've always been a personal, personable person. So um, that's the part I enjoy, right? Is like getting to know people, talking to people on a daily basis. Um, so that part comes kind of comes easier to me. But, um, you know, what I would say is figure out what you want to do, plan how to do it, and then do it. Yeah. That's solid. Yep. I like that. Yep. It's cliche, but it's true. And then once you do it, like just realize when you're doing it, like you're going to have to work your ass off. 100%. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that's a big thing. Yeah. For sure. Don't think it's going to be easy at the end of the day. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I think a lot of people think, oh, you work for yourself. It's easy. But it's, it's, uh, like you said, it's not always like greener on the other side. No. I think entrepreneurship's the most rewarding, but whatever is the most rewarding is always going to be the hardest. So I definitely think it's the most rewarding path, but it's also the hardest path. So if you're willing to work for it, I think you'll be successful. I think you'll build something beautiful, but if you're someone that 
you know, doesn't want to do that, then I would discourage you from doing it. Yeah. Jason, this has been amazing. I could keep talking to you, but if people want to connect with you, where can people find you? Well, you can see me at any of the Lux Beauty Supplies here in Las Vegas pretty much seven days a week. You can connect with me here in person. If you want to follow me on social, Lux Beauty Supply underscore LV. Follow us there or just make your trip out to Vegas and come to the store, ask for Jason and probably be there. There you have it, guys. Thank you so much, Jason, for being on the Boss Sauce. Yep. Yeah, we'll see you guys next time.